I used to believe in something. That hope and good intentions actually mattered. I was the type of kid that when asked what we wanted to be when we grew up at school, I didn't answer astronaut or doctor. Nor did I really answer truthfully. I'd always answer something where I had a nugget of truth, though, like marine biologist. But in truth, there was only one thing I wanted to be. Only one thing I wanted to do. I wanted to be a hero, and I wanted to save people. The world can be a dangerous and scary place. And I wanted to be the light that cut through that darkness. It won't come likely as a shock that I didn't achieve my dreams. I'm no hero, and if anything, I'm farther from hope and shaping a kinder world every single day that passes. The world feels as rotten as a discarded apple resting just a mere few feet from a trash can in which it belongs. And I'm just another worm swimming within, doing my best to survive, adding little, and really just rushing to take what I can to make it to the next day. It wasn't that I didn't try to be the person I so desperately wanted to be. I just fell short. As a young adult, I chose to serve within the United States Coast Guard. It felt better to try to save people than to risk going to war. I went in basic training and at my first unit, my peers and I would jest that we joined so that we could help save Drowning, burning babies, and most of us entered with the naive notion that trying to be a hero doesn't come with such a heavy cost. But then reality set in, as the cost of being someone's hero means that they actually needed to be saved. It meant that your bravado-driven goal of meaning and finding meaning and heroism comes at the cost of experiencing hell on earth for them. To be the light in the darkness, they have to swim in the abyss. This began to take a toll on me. My crew and others with such delusions of grandeur. Were we even heroes? Were we just parasites, feeding on a need of self-importance, fueled by the suffering of others, desperate for a beacon of hope and a reprieve from their own personal hell? These questions and more plagued my soul. And eventually, after suffering an injury, I was no longer fit to serve, as they say, and found myself and my wife thrust back into the civilian world. And over time, I felt adrift in a sea of despair. Hollow and loathing the world as it continued to become one, less filled with the Pope I possessed as a child, and instead filled with a constant state of gloom. This perpetual downturn in my life continued to cascade further into darkness as I received the call that my grandfather had passed away. When my notions of hope and heroism began to crumble, only two, two people didn't see me as a failure. When life became too much, my wife and my grandfather. When I was a child, we would sit for hours watching episodes of Batman the Animated Series that he had recorded on VHS tapes. We connected over Batman in so many ways. We would watch the old Adam West Batman series too, and he would glow telling me about how he loved sharing this with my dad when he was young and how much joy it brought him to share a new version of with me in the animated series. This man was a hero to me for his service in the Navy, but It's his belief that I could be more than even my dreams allowed me to be that really drove me. And now, he was gone. I returned home to the small town that my grandparents called home for 50 years and found myself lost in the duty of helping my grandmother with the numerous tasks around the house and the property that had fallen into disrepair as Grandpa had faded from the strong presence I knew him to be to the shell of cancer had left him in before his departure from this world. 
I found purpose in an escape in helping her and chose to stay beyond the funeral in one of the guest rooms while I poured myself into making the home what my grandpa would have kept up had he been able to. In the process of cleaning up a closet, I found a small package adorned with Batman wrapping paper with a gift tag addressed to me from my grandpa. Now, my aunts had just taken my grandmother out to her weekly appointment with her hairdresser and my patients could not counter my curiosity. So I began to carefully remove the paper. And inside was a handwritten card and a copy of Batman the Animated Series, though not any episode I actually ever recall seeing. The cover displayed Batman and Joker in conflict with the title, No Laughing Matter, and plays it upon the cover. Now, I began to read the card, written in my grandpa's signature cursive, and fought back tears at the raw emotion of his words of love and encouragement poured over me. I miss him. I miss having someone that really saw the hero in me but also miss having him around to talk about the other parts of the card that I didn't quite know how to process. I began to read it, and it said, My little hero, I've wanted to pull you from the darkness so many times and to protect you from the reality and pain that the world brings to those of us who dare to challenge the injustice in the world. The world isn't fair, and the line between being a hero and a villain is smaller than we'd like to admit. I've dirtied my own hands with the blood of others in an effort to be a hero. And I want you to understand that doing what we feel is right often means doing that which others think is wrong. I love you, and I think this episode of Batman will help you understand better than words written in a card. I don't have much time left, and I hope to see you on the other side of the darkness when we both can smile again in the light. You've always been my hero. Love, Grandpa. It was as if the wind had been knocked from within my body as my face was stained with tears and I struggled to get up from the floor. Once I could stand again, I made my way to the living room, VHS tape in hand as I sought an old VCR with a compulsion to watch this episode. Now, I can't say now if the compulsion was a need to feel closer to my grandpa, or if it was forces unseen, yet I sat in front of the TV as if I was a child again, and not a man in his early 40s. A familiar opening theme by Danny Elfman made my heart feel lighter for a moment as I sat transfixed upon the screen. The title card revealed the episode name, No Laughing Matter, before transitioning immediately to the conflict between the Joker and our Cape Crusader. The brawl continued into a crescendo that generally led to a victory by Batman and another trip to the Arkham Asylum for the Joker. An anticipated quip from the Joker by the brilliant Mark Hamill and roll credits, right? However, instead of Batman was captured and being beaten savagely by the Joker. The time was running out on the episode, And this wasn't leading to a to-be-continued. The formula I was so accustomed to was breaking. Be it the violence beyond what a kid's television show allowed in the early 90s, or the fact that the villain still had the upper hand this deep into the episode seemed wrong. Though not as wrong as when the Joker turned to me, facing me with disgust and addressed me directly. Well, 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 something not feel right to you, little hero? Does what I'm doing feel wrong to you, or does it trouble you and how right it feels? You are no longer a child getting to hide behind the naivete that Batman was ever the hero of this story. That's just propaganda, my dear boy. A billionaire like Brucey here could use the power of his Wayne fortune to do more good with the signing of a few checks than years of running around as the Batman fighting crime. 
You idolize the type of man that is driven by beating the life out of largely mentally ill people day after day, only to store us in Arkham Asylum, so that we heal enough to be beaten and abused another day. Dear Mr. Wayne here isn't much different than those which he calls villains, except that his lack of mental wellness is armored by his unimaginable wealth. What makes him different than the type of rich men and women that take innocent people out to hunt for sport? The only difference between them is that he's more of a fisherman that believes in catch and release. Beat the daylight out of us and catch us, place us back into the facility. And when we escape, we are released to the cycle that continues into perpetuity until we die. I sat there, dumbfounded. This had to be some sort of coincidence. I am emotionally compromised and assuming that some weird fourth wall breaking episode is actually interacting with me. Or so I thought until I felt him truly make eye contact with me. Brandon. 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 Still struggling to keep up. Let me simplify it for you then. The world. The world is rotten. Beyond rotten even. Bruce Wayne. The Batman is just another wealthy person that is more concerned with their nighttime proclivities than actually making change. He is no one to hero worship. He is as useless as a hero as Jeff Bezos. Though, many see him as the Lex Luthor type, so that tracks closer to reality. How about Bruce Wayne and eh, Elon Musk? Two people absolutely worthless to society, despite being worth more together than all but a few of the wealthiest. How are these parasites actually worshipped as heroes, when those willing to get their hands dirty make change? Are the real villains? Your grandpa knew the difference. He stained his hands in war, knowing that one man's terrorist or an enemy is another land's freedom-fighting hero. He knew that to make change, to truly make change, you have to accept the darkness within and make a change. Now, make a choice. And for you, dear boy, the choice was made when you were a child so desperate to be a hero. I replied, What do you mean? As I no longer felt that I was talking to an animated character on a television screen and that it didn't feel strange or wrong. What are you trying to say to me? Speak clearly, clown. The Joker flashed an angry expression before smiling a toothy grin akin to a shark's before retorting. There he is. There he is. The brave little hero finally participating in the conversation. I was beginning to think that you would cower in front of the screen with that dumbfounded expression. But now, now he can get down to business. Business, I asked, confused by the statement. Yes, the business of why we are even here, Brandon, the Joker replied. The natural order has always been the pecking order that places the most unworthy atop the heap of the masses, existing to serve their greed and selfishness, the Joker continued. The power balance was tipped again and again, but those in power knew and respect that there had to be some level of fairness to those beneath them. The respect does not exist currently. And the only way to topple such order is through anarchy. You. You wanted to be a hero, Brandon, but you thought that being a hero and making change was a clean thing. 
You learn the hard way of the pain of making a difference. But you still must learn to make real change. You have to fight against the disease itself. To be a hero, you must do what others cannot in order to make a change. In this world, to be the beacon of light to others, you must become darkness and embrace the role of a villain. You want me to become a villain? How can I become a hero if I'm being evil? I exploded back in anger. You know me as the Joker, lad, but I am not laughing. I am not just some character in a show you watch or comics that you read. I am a state of mind to carry the change necessary. I won't talk to you like a child. And answer me honestly when I ask. Did you want to become a hero for the credit or to do actual good? I didn't hesitate to respond. To do actual good, the credit never mattered. A real hero doesn't need a pat on the back to do the right thing. And I paused again as a Cheshire smile grew on the face of the Joker as he responded. Well, good boy. So we agree that doing right is the right thing to do. That means if one were to do wrongs in order to help the people that the very people they fight to save hate them and curse them as villains, that this is the right path. Yes. I said nothing in response, but the realization crept over me that he was right. His words echoed what I already knew about the world. It had its own cancer that needed to be cut out, but the world is not going to celebrate those wielding that blade. The Joker saw the shift in my resolve and responded in kind. I see that we are finally in alignment, my boy. Now go back to your dear grandpa's closet and remove the false wall in the back. You will find the tools that you require to begin making the difference that the world so desperately covets. Be willing to be a villain in order to be the hero the world really needs. The world is bathing in madness, and taking the sane approach gets us nowhere. The Joker then popped his hand up in some form of awkward salute before the screen went black. I ejected the tape but found it in merch damage, as it was meant to be only played once. The ribbon inside seemed beyond restoration. At first, I tried to shift myself away from thinking of what I'd just seen, yet who could? Soon after, I was deep within my grandfather's closet, a false wall revealing an arsenal of weapons, intelligence information tracking numerous citizens that are wealthy, powerful, and definitely guilty of so much wrong in our world. However, the thing that caught my eye and had me enthralled was the white face paint. Used white face paint, along with... Some humorous clown-inspired props mixed within this room filled with so many different weapons of war. became evident that Grandpa too had been fighting this fight. Could it be so wrong to do acts of violence and evil to save the world? Now this is the question I now ask myself as I stand with my knife to the throat of a billionaire, while also holding a banana to his temple as if it were a pistol. The world we live in is a joke, and the punchline to get us back on track is no laughing matter.